Welcome to the Strategic Living Podcast, a program dedicated to helping you achieve personal healing, discover your strategic purpose, and lead with maximum impact. Our goal is to challenge your thinking, expand your vision, and awaken the strategic influencer in you. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here is your next level mentor and coach and the host of the Strategic Living Podcast, Brian Holmes. Welcome back, everyone. This is episode number 330 of the Strategic Living Podcast, and I am incredibly honored to have you with us on the program today. We're talking about something that's dear to my heart, and that is the lost art of doing life together and what you can do about it. Let's get started, everybody, right now. Our world is changing at a pace that is mind-bending. In some cases, it's changing in ways that are deeply troubling, at least to me. There is so much division, so much hatred, so much politics, and so many of these things lead to relationship isolation. Gone are the days of knowing your neighbors and kids playing together by the dozens in the streets. You certainly don't see families doing real life with one another anymore, at least not on the scale that we once knew. You know, even when you do sit down to eat together with a group of people, Everybody is on their smartphones, they're checking social media, they're watching videos, they're playing games, or they're texting somebody. They're just not present in the moment. We've lost something very sacred. We've lost something that's very important, and that is the beauty and the value of relationship and genuinely being together. Today, I, I want us to look at this with an honest heart. I know it might be a little bit of a downer, but we're going to get to some practical things here in a moment. If you're like me, you're hungry for change in this area. I suspect if you're like me, you're longing for the days, again, where life is shared and not segregated into so many compartments. I really do believe we can change this. I really do believe we can turn this around. I think there's enough of us that want this, where we can begin to tip the scales in the direction of what is wholesome and what is healthy and what is good. That is what we're going to explore today. Here's this week's tools, tips, and recommended resources guaranteed to amplify your leadership and accelerate your personal growth. Well, my tip today is something that goes right along with our subject matter. My precious friend, Ray Edwards, demonstrated this for us a number of years ago at a, a dinner we had. This has been four or five years ago, and I had never seen this happen, and it was beautiful. It's called One Conversation. Let's say you get together with a group of people and... You're at the dinner table, you're at a restaurant, you're wherever you are doing life, do it well, let's say this, you're together physically in one place. 
someone at the table or in the living room there host that togetherness. They, they host that time together. And instead of everyone carrying on multiple conversations with different people and chatting it up with whomever they please at any given time, the idea with one conversation is the host has a set of questions and they simply say, okay, the first question of the evening is, and they list, they, they, they state what that question is. And then in order, we go around the table and everybody communicates and dialogues and chats about the one thing that we're all talking about together. It's a bit of a, a pendulum type of a, of a process because we are forcing by way of this system, one conversation. My wife and I have done this numerous times with not only Ray, but other people we've, we do life with. And it is fascinating and so powerful that when you can keep everybody together in one conversation, how impactful and how powerful it is. You know, one of the things we do or have done is, you know, what's the most impactful book you've recently read? And then everybody goes around one at a time and and talks about that book. The follow-up question is, why why is that book the most impactful book you've read? What what about it grabbed you and what about it really spoke to you? Everybody goes around the circle and and comments on that question. And then Another follow-up question, well, how has it impacted you and your family directly? Like, what, what changes have you seen in your life? You see where this can go? So it's not that you necessarily have every follow-up question planned, but you can. The, the conversation leads to the next question. The idea is really simple. Have one conversation. Be intentional. Keep focused and keep everyone together so that each person can benefit from everybody else at the table. I'm telling you, this is a powerful process. It makes a huge difference. And in my mind, it will fundamentally change the quality of the relationships that you have. So we're talking about the lost art of doing life together and what you and I can actually do about it. You know, I grew up on a typical American neighborhood street, right? Uh, I grew up in Houston, Texas, and uh, so I'm a city boy. My whole life I've lived in a major metropolitan area, and I'm not saying that's uh, something that I am, I, I'm grateful for it, but I, I believe me, I'm kind of tired of the big city life. But, but even in the big city, our neighborhood was a true community. Now, I'm going to date myself a little bit here, but back in the day, our entertainment was pretty simple. If we needed to be entertained, mom or dad would say, go play outside. <laughs> and play we did. There was no concern about us getting dirty. They knew we were going to come home dirty. Uh, it was going to be mud. It was going to be dirt. It was going to be scrapes and bruises, and it was okay. We were going to survive it. There was back then. There was band aids and Bactine, man. We we had it going on, man. There were some triple antibiotic ointments somewhere in the house, and we were going to get. We'll, we'll we'll wash it off. We'll pour some alcohol on it, and hear you scream. We'll clean it up, bandage it up, and you will live. But by God, you're going to go outside and have fun. That's how I grew up. 
We spent countless hours riding our, our bicycles, countless hours with our neighborhood friends playing street baseball or street football. Man, did we have some fun. We had some intense competitions, man. We spent time driving around the, the larger area around our neighborhood and exploring the creeks and the bayous. And by the way, looking back on that, that was so skanky and nasty to think about. I, I can't believe I got myself in that water. That was just awful. We played games together. We, we just hung out. We, we enjoyed just being together with our friends. On the broader scale, you know, families in the neighborhood, we cooked out together. We were in and out of each other's homes all the time. There was no, there was no ring the doorbell and can I come in. It was We all just walked in. If somebody was sick in the neighborhood, a mom or a dad or a kid, everybody pitched in to help and cooked meals. And it's because we were a community. Most people, you know, at least back in the day when I was growing up, were churchgoers. And those church people uh, that we attended church with, they were our extended family. We shared their joys. We shared their pain. We shared the challenges that they faced. We even, if they were experiencing great loss, we walked that out with them. We got in the trenches and walked it out as a family together. Why? Because we, there was some idea, some concept of how to truly do life together. Well, nowadays, as you well know, it's different. We seem to be very isolated, very segregated. And I'm not speaking in terms necessarily of racial segregation, but we're segregated around ideas. We're segregated around, uh, you know, activities and, you know, various commu- uh, communities and things that we are active in. It's just, there's just a, such a divisive type of a culture where everybody's going different directions at 100 miles an hour. We're all consumed with self-interest and and so on. It's just every man, every woman for himself or herself, and it's there. There's no real sense of community and belonging and being together anymore. If you really look at this honestly, even on the family level, we see the erosion of togetherness. By that I mean family units are just as divided as the macro on the outside of the family unit. You know, he has his life. She has her life. The kids are utterly disconnected, disillusioned. Mom and dad, assuming there's two parents in the home, which is becoming more and more uh, unusual, but mom and dad are completely out of touch with their kids, and they they don't have this proximity and closeness and, and awareness of the ones they should really be the closest to. There's no real community in the home, and there's certainly no community outside the home. My precious friends, something is missing, and it is a a real gap that if you can just be objective for a moment, I think you'd have to agree this gap is destroying the very fabric of our society. Aloneness or loneliness or isolation is so, so much more normal than togetherness. Where did we go wrong? How do we, how do we reverse this trend, this downward spiral? Let's ask a real question. Is there even any hope for turning this around? Well, my heart, 
my spirit, my mind says, yes, there's hope. I believe in hope. I hear more and more people expressing their hunger and their desire for getting back to the basics of relationship. I'm doing life with people myself, and and we're experiencing a little bit of what that looks like, what it feels like. We're beginning to realize the benefits of that. This is a bit of a side conversation here, but people are exiting churches and religious institutions by the droves for this very reason. They're searching for connection. They're searching for real relationships. They're searching for this idea, but not just the idea, but the, the realization of what it means to do life with people. The Bible, which is a great, it is the book as far as I'm concerned, but it is certainly a great resource concerning wisdom and life and how things were designed. The Bible teaches us very clearly that we are not designed to be disconnected from one another. We're not designed to do this thing called life alone. We need each other. I need you. You need me. We need others in our life. There is real resource. There is a real exchange that happens. There's real safety in the context of doing life with people that you've come to know deeply, people that you've come to be able to trust at a heart level, people that you're willing to open your heart to and they've opened their heart to you. There is safety and blessing and life in that. So how do we get back to that? Well, the answer is we have to do something different. I think you would agree we are all almost by default caught up in this massive wave in our society of disconnectedness. Now, granted, the the irony of this is we're connected in so many other ways, but those ways are not satisfying the fundamental need that each of us have. It's not satisfying the fundamental need that is hardwired into the hearts and the minds of each individual human being. I mean, granted, we're connected on social media. We're connected electronically. We're connected uh, on the internet and all these things. But but those connections, I I, I just I'm going to say this. I believe this. If I think science has proven those connections have not fulfilled the need that is hardwired into each person. In fact, they're failing us. Now, it would be very presumptuous of me to put forward some guaranteed, fix-all, non-negotiable solution to such an overwhelming issue. However, I want to just begin a conversation with you about this. And we may talk about this on some level for a few weeks here because I just... Man, I'm just hungry for something different here. I want to invite you to consider a few things that we could possibly do to begin exploring what it really means to do life together. Do life together. Can I give you what those are? Let me give you a few things to think about. Just think about these things. Number one, 
Be honest with yourself. It begins with you. It begins with me. If you really look at it objectively and honestly, are you isolated? Are you alone? Have you, over the course of these last five, six, seven years, have you found yourself getting embedded deeply in the social media culture, the texting culture, the the pseudo-relationship culture, and really, even though you you have this sense of being connected, the truth is there's a gaping hole in your heart because something is missing. I'm asking you to be honest with you. If you are isolated or you do believe you've, you've fallen into that trap, are you willing to do, this is number two, by the way, are you willing to do something different even if that something different is initially difficult or uncomfortable for you. Here's what I promise you. When you decide to do something different, you can rest assured it's going to be like swimming upstream. You are going to be popping your head up and volunteering to go against the grain, to go against what is common and what is acceptable and what is the where everybody else is going. But if the blind leads the blind, we're all going in the ditch. I am getting out of the ditch. Number three, do you know anyone else in your world? Maybe it's your husband. Maybe it's your wife. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's your pastor or some friends, some people that you used to do life with, but this whole thing has gotten so out of hand. Now you've lost real contact, heart-level contact with those people that you care for. Do you know anybody else that's probably hungry for the same thing you're hungry for? I bet the answer to that question is yes. And if the answer to that question is yes, well, I'm going to offer you a prescription. Oh, yeah, it's going to challenge you. It's going to absolutely challenge you. But let's let's just start with this. Let's begin here, okay? So if you know someone who's probably hungry for the same type of relational connectedness you are, here's what I want you to do. Don't wait for them to do something I'm asking you to do this. Invite them, whether it's one or more families, invite them over to your home for a meal and a time of fellowship and being together and just hanging out. Invite them to your flipping house. Say, Brian, I can't do that. I got to clean the house. Well, clean the house. Do whatever you have to do but invite somebody to come to your home and just hang out with you. That's step one. And oh, by the way, 1B is call them. Ring, ring. Dial their number. Push talk. And actually have a verbal, out loud, vocal conversation. Do not text them a freaking invitation. Can you tell that I'm not a fan of texting? I believe texting has fundamentally added so much fuel to this out-of-control fire. I believe texting has given us an outlet by which we no longer know how to communicate or, or the communication we do have, is, it's very surface. It's very intangible. It's, it, there's no connection to it. It's, it's static, words on a page. It's not, it's not the emotion that is connected to a conversation that happens Eyeball to eyeball, face to face, heart to heart. Call them, invite them. 
Number two, well, B, let's, let's, this goes back to what you're going to do when you invite this person. When they come over, set the ground rules for the evening. Ground rules. Number one, TV is turned off, period. How in the world can you expect to have a viable, real, heart-level, relationship-oriented conversation when the, oh my gosh, when the TV's on? I, I get so mad when I go to somebody's house and the whole time we're there, so supposedly there to visit with them and be with them, the TV's on the news or sports or whatever it is. Turn the TV off. Second ground rule. All your phones go in the middle of the table or on a shelf somewhere on the side. Now, if you have to leave the ringer on in case your kids call, that's fine. I understand that. But no social media, no texting, no picking up your phone to check your, your Facebook feed and all that stupidity. No. Put all the phones go in the middle of the table. And the first one that picks up their phone better have a darn good reason because I'm not here for my phone. I'm here for you. Brian, you are so fired up today. You're dang straight I'm fired up because I, I am living in a world where there's no heart-level connections anymore. And we have to change this. Ground rule number three. This is a suggestion, but try the one conversation tip I mentioned earlier in the program. Talk about books you're reading. Talk about, if you're a Christian or a believer, talk about what you feel like God is doing in your life, what he's saying to you. What are you being challenged with right now? Have some questions floating around the table that, that actually foster heart-level conversation. So important. Ground number four, no politics or current events are open for discussion. Now, listen, I know that we, we should be able to do that, but I, this is the practice of developing relationships. And what, what tends to happen around politics or current events is we get off into the weeds. So ground rule is, look, tonight we're not dealing with politics. If the subject comes up, we're going we're gonna to table that for another time or another setting. It's not here tonight. Ground rule number five, as the host, you and your spouse or your family members will need to model what heart-level sharing looks like. Don't expect that your guests are going to know what it looks like. So you might have to say, here's what we're going to do tonight. You're going to explain it to them. You're going to share with them, here's what I want to have happen. I want us to talk heart level tonight, okay? Here's what that looks like, okay? And you share something with them that's heart level. Model it for them. Ground rule six, invite them to share. Seven, encourage one another. Comfort one another. Share resources that maybe you have or you've come across, all right? But this is important right here. If somebody's sharing something that's painful or hurtful or they're going through something that's deep, you don't have to have an answer for everything. Sometimes it's just, and I'm really sorry you're going through that. I really care deeply for you guys, man. I, we're here for you. Whatever we can do to help you, we're here. I'm really sorry you're going through that. Sometimes it's just that, and it's okay. Ground rule eight, or possibility number eight in the context of this dinner. Play games, have fun, laugh. Ground rule number nine, maybe the most important thing, be present. Be present. Be there. If you're going to be there, be there. So be honest with yourself. Are you isolated or alone? 
If so, are you willing to do something different? Even if that something different is initially difficult or uncomfortable. Number three, do you know someone else who's probably hungry for this kind of life, this kind of relationship? And then we got into three A, B, C, D, E, all, all the way down. Invite someone over. Call them and invite them to your home. And then set these ground rules for the evening. And then we're going to go to number four now. And this one's going to really probably tick some of you off. But it's just a suggestion. But I'm asking you to consider it. Stop texting for 30 days. Instead, call people. Let them hear your voice. You hear their voice. Your brain is going to register that conversation totally different. How about this experiment? Number five, no Facebook for 30 days. Oh, snap. What? How am I supposed to keep up with what's happening in so-and-so's life? Here's a thing. Call them. Hey, I was thinking about you today. What's going on in your world? How are the kids doing? How's that new baby doing? Yeah, I heard somebody was sick the other day. What's going on with that? Y'all better? Awesome. Good. Have a conversation. Eliminate pretense. Live honestly with your family, with your friends. And as you begin to practice these things, do it again and again, over and over until connection is made, real connection, face-to-face, heart-to-heart, hand-to-hand, eyeball-to-eyeball. You know, a number of years ago, I guess maybe six years ago now, we, we met a number of new people that became such dear friends and deep relationships in our life. And I, I will tell you, the things that I am calling out to you today, my wife and I are practicing so many of these. We have friends that we do life with. We get together and we'll have, we'll have you know, kind of round robin talking and everybody's kind of chatting. But then there comes a time when we sit down at the table, we have one conversation. And inevitably, because of the relationship that's, that's formed through that process, it always comes around to, hey, how's everybody doing in their marriage right now? Everybody good? What's going on? And, and somebody will say, you know what? We're struggling right now. You know, I'm really struggling because my, my kid is having this problem, this challenge, and we don't even know what to do with this. And and everybody pitches in, and we begin to love on them and encourage them and share with them ideas, and we work together. That is doing life. It's, it's going in the trenches with people, but it's also celebrating on the mountaintop. It's doing life. My dear friends, I can't express to you strongly enough, this is missing in our culture, and we need it back. Just recently, I had my mastermind group in town, the Strategic Influencers Mastermind Group, and on one of the evenings, we had dinner in my home, and there was about 12, 15 of us there, I think, maybe, I don't remember exactly how many, and we were just enjoying a great meal together, and we just began talking, and man, because we've been practicing this as a mastermind group, our conversation immediately gelled. I even had a guest there that no one else in the group had really met before, and And because I have that same kind of relationship with this guest, it happened. The thing happened. And I'm telling you, there was this convergence of love and comfort and encouragement and and conversation and life, and it just happened. And I have never been more encouraged. I've never felt more uplifted. Everyone in that group that night said that was the highlight of the entire week together. 
was what happened around the table when we just all let our guard down and put aside all the pretense and we decided we're going to do life together tonight. My friends, I am richer today because I have these kinds of relationships in my life and I'm encouraging you to go after this idea. You don't have to be isolated. You don't have to be alone. You don't have to be you know, out there struggling to maintain. No, you can become intentional. You can become relational again. You can open your heart and your life and your home and begin to develop life-giving relationships, doing life together. Man, it is such a powerful thing. And I believe if we can get back to it, it will fundamentally change the world all around us. If you're ready to take your life and leadership to another level and are committed to doing whatever necessary to become the influencer God has created you to be, then you are ready for this week's Influencers Challenge. So here it is. My challenge for you this week is simple. Slow down. Don't let life just run you over and, and don't let, let life you know, drag you kicking and screaming everywhere. Slow down. Get honest with where you are. Are you isolated? Are you alone? Number three, what do you want? What do you really want in relationships and in connections? What do you need? That's number four. What do you need? What is what is the missing ingredient right now? You think about this. If you're cooking a or you're baking a cake and you leave out one of the key ingredients, you're going to miss the end result you were hoping for. What do you need? What are you willing to change to have it? Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, average and ordinary is easy. Status quo, not too hard to maintain. But if you want a different kind of life, if you want to do life with people, there's something in you that you have to change to have that. What are you willing to change to have it? When will you decide to make that change? And the last thing I want to challenge you with is this. Who do you need to call to begin the process of stepping into the kinds of relationships that give life? Slow down. Get honest. What do you want? What do you need? What are you willing to change to have what you want and what you need? When will you decide to go after that? And who do you need to call to begin the process of stepping into that kind of a life. I share this with you. Doing real life with others is, in my estimation, the key to long-term success and happiness. I would love for you to jump on board this wagon with me. Let's go after real relationships. Let's engage in doing life with people we love and care for. Let's make a change for the better. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Strategic Living Podcast. We trust this program has been a valuable resource and has challenged you to take your life and leadership to the next level. We invite you to join our growing community of strategic influencers by connecting with us at brianholmes.com. As always, if this podcast and our other resources have benefited you, be sure to share them and pass it on. 
Until next time, may God bless you immensely. And remember, you are created for greatness.